Hello, and welcome to the Big Leads Best of Seven podcast. I am Liam McEwen, making his long-awaited return to the podcast game after a brief bout with the coronavirus, but I am recovered, I am healthy, and I am ready to make picks with, as always, my editor-in-chief, Kyle Coster. Wow, we're making job announcements on this podcast. Wow, the novel coronavirus has really changed you. You've gotten a little, you've really opened the Komodo to the world. We're just getting very real, very personal. I like it. Liam, we missed you the last two weeks. We are on a hot stretch. And the disappointing part for me is that we really haven't been on the same Zoom to talk about how well we've been doing. We went six and five last week. And in these COVID times, as you know, Anytime you walk away with a winning record, that's worth celebrating. We are now 111 and 99 on the year. Barring an unforeseen disaster down the stretch, we are going to be profitable. Uh, you know, you know, with that new announcement that you just made, don't be surprised if you see an extra zero in your paycheck uh, if we can hit about 75% over these last two weeks. But then again, don't be surprised if you do not. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, next time around, I'm going to have to work some incentives into my contract vis-a-vis uh, Pro Bowl incentives. We're going to hit 75% of our picks. But regardless of uh, what my paycheck will end up being at the end of this month, at the end of this football season, I'm feeling pretty good about where we're at. Like you said, six and five last week with basically a bunch of replacement players is as good as you'd hope. I'm feeling really good about week 17, and then we'll get into the legendary, the never-before-seen week 18 after that. But first things first, we're going to build off, keep positive, and see if we uh, can't keep that uh, loss mark in the double digits for another week. Now we are here to give you our seven best NFL picks for week 17, the seven picks that we feel the most confident in as we do week after week. And number seven, which is to say I'm not super confident in this one, but I do think there's some money to be found if you're smart and willing to put it down. The Falcons are 14-point underdogs against the Bills in Buffalo. It seems insane to bet against the Bills after the last two weeks they've had where they had one wild comeback against Tampa Bay and then Josh Allen walks into Foxborough and dominates the Patriots in their own house something very, very few quarterbacks have done over the years. But if we're looking at the full body of work, the Bills very much tend to play down to their competition. You can simply look at the Jaguars game if you want to, but there are examples all over the schedule of these games against bad teams being closer than you think. So I'm not telling you to go Falcons money line. I think that's a waste of your money. But a 14-point cover with the offense that the Falcons are trotting out there, I could foresee a big lead in the first half and then the Falcons dink and dunk their way into a cover in the final frame. Yeah, I'm totally on board with this one. I actually would probably have it higher than seven in my personal record book because you see a 14 point line and usually that's reserved for like the real derelicts of the NFL, the Texans, the woeful lions, the jets, the Jaguars, but those teams are not like these Falcons. This Falcons team is competing for a playoff spot. They are still very much alive. Look, they need some help, but they're not going to go up there and lay a stinker. They have offensive weaponry 
Kyle Pitts alone is good for 10 points in, in my mind. And I think that like, that's, you look at the Buffalo Buffalo is coming off this hugely emotional victory. I do think that they will win. I don't think there'll be the tremendous letdown and stubbing of toe that allows the Patriots to get back in the AFC East driver's seat. I'm sorry to tell you that Liam, but I do think that there could be a bit of a hangover. And honestly, the Falcons are not terrible. So seeing this line, I understand how, high everybody is on the bills right now i just think that the falcons are a good football team that aren't going to get annihilated number six pick this week i have selected the arizona cardinals are getting five and a half free points as they go to dallas to play the cowboys and we all saw what the cowboys did against washington's football team washington's football team brought their own benches they forgot they forgot to pack their game and skill and and basically fight drive determination everything must have been left in the overhead compartment it was gross and and a lot of people are walking away saying that dallas is a team that can win a super bowl and super bowl and maybe they can arizona is good they've been struggling kyler murray questions have started to abound the cliff kingsbury discussion about his texas tech record has jumped up uh all is not well all is not good but i do think that this team still is pretty good. I don't think they're going to roll over and die. The Colts are really good. The Colts surprised them and kind of slapped them in the face. I just don't think that they're going to continue their slide and whimper their way out. I do think that they will put up a fight. It will be a four-quarter football game. And anytime it's a four-quarter football game, I'm inclined to take the points because we've seen in the NFL – how many times it comes down to the last five minutes with a touchdown or a field goal being the deciding factor at the very end. It's hard to cover uh, even five and a half points. It's a Vegas zone, as my friend Bill Simmons likes to say. But give me Arizona in the points because I still think that they have a little bit more to add in the conversation when it comes to determining the playoff picture. Yeah, that Cowboys win over the football team is a little bit of an illusion just in that you know, 56 points. The Cowboys aren't going to do that every week, obviously. And Dak Prescott had a great stat line, but he was picking on a team who had to start their like fourth and fifth string linebackers. One of their linebackers didn't even have an intro on Sunday night football. He was, it was just a stationary picture of him smiling. That's the kind of stuff that Washington was working with. And I think that, uh, you know, you make a good point, Kyle, that that's a, you know, that's a big win. Maybe they don't get up for this one. I think the Cardinals are mighty frustrated after two tough losses, one against the Lions of all people, and then a real close one against the Colts on Christmas. I think they get up for this game. I think that five and a half is just a, frankly, it's too big of a line for two playoff contenders who early in the season looked like a pair of Super Bowl contenders. For number five, we have Tom Brady against the Jets once more. The Buccaneers are favored by 13 points, and I am extremely confident they will cover that. There isn't really much else to say. Tom Brady regularly dominates the Jets. The Jets put up 26 points against the Jaguars last week, which is impressive until you realize it's the Jaguars. And one of their touchdowns came on an inexplicable 50-yard rushing touchdown by Zach Wilson, who broke like nine tackles. That's probably not going to happen against a championship-caliber defense like the Buccaneers have. Uh, 13 points is not, frankly, it's not that much. We've seen the Bucks cover double digits there a few times, including last week where there were 11 point favorites over the Panthers and beat them by 26. I'm envisioning a very similar game, even with the injuries that the Buccaneers are dealing with on offense. 
because of anything. Tom Brady really hates his former AFC East rivals. We've seen that proven regularly over the years here, especially, you know, this year with the, the Bucks playing the AFC East. So I think he's going to take care of business. 13 points is two touchdowns is an easy cover for Brady. Yeah. When you see a big line like this in order to cover for the favorite, both the offense and defense needs to play really well. And usually when you're taking the underdog, you expect uh, one of the two units to not perform. I just don't think that either of these units is going to be particularly challenged by what the Jets have to offer. We know Tom Brady's bona fides or bona fides, however you want to pronounce that, how fancy you want to be. He's focused. There is seating at play. They really want to take care of business and not mess around. Zach Wilson, I think he probably tried to do too much uh, against against a, a Tom Brady team. You could see that happening. Turnovers have, have been a problem. Uh, maybe he feels himself after that 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 rushing touchdown and, and gets himself into trouble fumbling the football. This to me seems like something that's going to get out of hand early and not be much of a sweat. I think that if you look at all of the lines where a team has been favored heavily this year. This one is the one I feel kind of the most secure about because you have best on best versus worst on worst. And I think, you know, wondering in the game, is Tom Brady two touchdowns better than Zach Wilson in that train wreck? Obviously. So that makes sense at number five. At number four, we are going to take the Detroit football Lions, who are now 10 and five against the number they're getting six and a half. I saw it at seven this morning, put seven in the post, but even if it's lower than that, you can feel confident because they have this one in the bag. They're getting six and a half or seven over the Seattle Seahawks in snowy Seattle. Now we just saw an, a bad NFC North go up there and beat the Seahawks. Russell Wilson is essentially done. Dan Campbell's team plays really hard on both sides of the football. They've kind of been controlling the line of scrimmage with their running game with a bunch of nobodies for seven games now. So I don't think it's a fluke. I think that they will have the motivation to go up there, run the football. I don't think it matters this point if it's Tim Boyle or Jared Goff playing. And I think that that sentence sounds horrific on its base. But I guess what I'm saying is both guys are capable of competing for 60 minutes and you history has shown that you don't really want to be giving these guys a bunch of free points because their defense is suddenly impactful and they just play close games and rise to expectations and honestly when I saw this line I was surprised because it's week in and week out it seems like the lines and the odds makers are disrespecting the lines just a little bit more when there's this body of work that they get up and have the propensity to cover so I'm taking the Lions it hasn't it's worked all year we're going to stay on it uh and, and I don't think it's going to be a money line play but I do think that this one will be entertaining down to the final whistle and you always want the points in that situation yeah and the Lions are putting together quite a remarkable season when you take into account the quality of their roster and what their record is against the number and I feel really good about banking on them again. I think that early in the season, maybe me uh, me and you were a little optimistic about the Lions, but then they really got on a roll midseason. And now they are a bad team, no doubt about it, but they are not uncompetitive. They get up, they're there to play. And Dan Campbell knows and his guys know that they're good enough to steal games from just about anybody right now. 
Last week was a one-possession game with 30 seconds left, and the Lions had the ball at the 15-yard line. Tim Boyle then promptly threw an interception, which was predictable. But nevertheless, the fact that they were in that position suggests that they have at least the will, if not the way, to stay in these games. And frankly, the Seahawks, I mean, you know, what can you say about the Seahawks? They just lost to Nick Foles at home, the, the Chicago Bears. I mean, come on. Russell Wilson, this is a lost year for him. It's a lost year for Pete Carroll. The wheels are slowly coming off there. I don't know. I mean, I might even get spicy and throw some money line on it just because it kind of seems like that kind of season for Seattle. But as far as the Lions covering a seven-point spread, I really, really like it. The number three pick for this week is the Kansas City Chiefs are four-and-a-half-point favorites against the Cincinnati Bengals. And while I have no scientific evidence to back this up i feel that there are a couple of these games every single year where the lumbering championship giant who maybe hasn't been as good as they have been in the past walks into a young upstart's home stadium and reminds them who's boss and i really really feel that's what the chiefs are going to do here today travis kelsey will likely be back for the game although it's not a guarantee so i wouldn't bank on that but nevertheless the bengals obviously had an insane week last week joe burrow five touchdowns 500 yards you know, guys tend to come back down to earth after those kind of games. But really, I mean, this Chiefs defense is better than the Ravens defense. They're very opportunistic. They, you know, if the Bengals, I don't think the Bengals have it in them to win like they did last week, every single week. They're not quite there yet. I like Joe Burrow a lot. I don't think he's ready for a playoff type game in the regular season. And I really do think that's what this is. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to do his thing. And the Chiefs are going to walk out of there with a pretty comfortable win. So you're a lot more confident in this one than I am. Uh, I, I will not try to sit here and debate you and, ch- and change your mind, uh, mess with these rankings in this list. But I will say about this game is I think that we're going to really have a lot of conversation coming out of it because Joe Burrow's ascension has happened quietly all season. And then it kind of like exploded with that 525 yard passing performance last weekend. Now Joe Burrow is the conversation. He's directly in the spotlight. He gets to go head to head with the best quarterback in all of football. And I do kind of understand the thinking in, in the chiefs here because there is a little bit of wishful thinking going on. Like I personally want Cincinnati to win this game. Uh, Nothing against the chiefs, but the new blood is always exciting and optimistic and never before have we been this high on the Bengals. Uh, So it feels like it's a perfect storm of like, kind of wanting something with your heart, but not thinking with your head. Uh, and it's a situation where I've gotten trouble gambling before when I would go heavy on the Bengals thinking that I was ahead of trend. So you want to know what I'm going to go ahead and use your calm wisdom, seeing the long view, your expertise here. The chiefs have looked so good and, and they are make no doubt about it. They're the Super Bowl favorites once again. Like they've righted all their wrongs. It's not a fluke. They're very, very scary. They're peaking at the right time and, and they do need this game. I think that's another thing is like this one by playoff situation that we're in really, really amplifies these games between like top tier teams because you can't afford to lose anything because it will have pretty dramatic and drastic impacts for your path because what we've learned in the NFL is like you don't want any business playing in that first weekend even if you're the better team like the parity in the league and the amount of possessions in the game really make it 
that anything can happen. You were seen eight and eight teams take down far superior ones. So it will be in Kansas City's best interest to win this game and win the game convincingly. And I can't wait to have the conversation around it next week. Hey, while I have you here, let me tell you about something our friends over at the Players Tribune are doing. Knuckleheads, the award-winning podcast. Now, this is a show hosted by former NBA players Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. It's something that I've been listening to for a while because you get the player perspective. That is something that's long been devalued in sports media. Let's hear what the players have to say. You know what's a good spot for that? The Players' Tribune. Synergy. Inagortion. All that. Now, the Knucklehead Podcast brings on some of the best NBA players, past and present, to have totally unguarded conversations about sports, culture, and basketball nostalgia. It's in its seventh season, so you know it has a track record. Maybe it's looking for that second contract, looking to get the max from Utah. I don't know. Maybe a blog post about it. Guests this season include Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, and DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan having a great year. I don't want to say it's because he was a guest on this podcast, but I'm not not saying it either. Quinn and Darius, they're lifelong friends and they're bonafide truth tellers. Listen as they invite special guests, high profile athletes, musicians, and entertainers to get brutally honest about everything from current events to untold stories in this, the golden era of sports and pop culture. The show is named for the on-court celebration that they made wildly popular. It's an unfiltered, hilarious, and surprising podcast. And it's like playing NBA 2K with no fouls. That's Knuckleheads from the Players' Tribune. Number two pick this week, we're taking the Rams, three and a half point five favorites over the Ravens. Look, the Rams are back. You heard it here first. There was a lot of consternation about Matthew Stafford, but Matthew Stafford has looked like the player I thought he was going to be uh, in Los Angeles and the player he was for the first maybe six or seven weeks. You look at the ebb and flow of good teams, and largely there is a down period at some point in the season, unless you're talking like a historically great team. I think the importance of getting that out of the way and start to ascend when it matters most, like look at the chiefs. It's so important for the Rams to be playing their best football of the year going into the playoffs. And I think that they are going to do that. The Baltimore Ravens aren't the Baltimore Ravens anymore. I'll say it. Their defense stinks. They're eight and seven. They might miss the playoffs. Like Lamar Jackson is the great hope, but I'm not so sure he's that much better than Tyler Hundley week in, week out at this point. They are not tough. They are not hard-nosed. They are not playing like the team that broke out of the gates and made us think that like they had a chance to win the Super Bowl. And I'm not so sure it's a effort thing. I think it's just a talent thing. And when you look at Harbaugh going for two, two times this year, maybe the thing to take away from it is that he felt like he was kind of playing with house money at the point and maybe wasn't as confident in his team over the long term at the end of the day this is a team that could finish with a losing record if things don't go over if things don't go well the next two weeks and who would have possibly seen that coming i am very surprised at how low this line is you look at the rams the last couple of years teams have developed a blueprint to stop the sean mcveigh offense that works pretty well mostly by Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. But the part, the, or the thing about having a blueprint to stop an offense is that you need the players to execute that plan. And the Ravens have nobody on defense. They're on their like fourth or fifth string cornerbacks here. 
and it's not anybody's fault, but the Ravens have just been bitten by the worst injury bug that we've seen in a while for any individual team. They got their defenses in shambles. They just gave up, you know, as we just talked about, they just gave up 500 yards to Joe Burrow and the Bengals, who are a talented bunch, but that's an absurd stat line to give up to anybody in a professional football game. We still don't know what Lamar Jackson's status is going to be. Tyler Huntley is fun, but the Rams are not messing around. They're gearing up for the playoffs. And like you said, Matthew Stafford uh, and Sean McVay seem to have found their footing a little bit here after that midseason dip. I love – this is easy money to me. This is uh, this is the second easiest money on the board this week. And for the number one overall pick, another easy money selection. We have the Eagles favored also by three and a half over the football team in Washington. Very much like the Rams-Ravens game, we are here to bring you not necessarily the you know biggest odds and the best payout, but definitely the most reliable payout. And just like the Rams-Ravens game, it is shocking how low this line is. The Eagles have the best run offense in the NFL by a long shot now that Derrick Henry is still sidelined. They just kicked the absolute crap out of the Giants last week. And the football team's defensive line, who will be responsible for stopping the Eagles on the ground this week, were busy punching each other on the sidelines. This fo- The football team is not a good team at all. Their, Ron Rivera was talking about maybe subbing in Kyle Allen for Taylor Heineke this week just to see what he's got. Very much shades of Doug Peterson and Nate Sudfeld last year. I foresee a very easy Eagles win. I don't think this is going to be close at all. And I mean, whether or not this is less about how good the Eagles are and more about how bad the football team is. The football team, you know, they're a bad football team. And three and a half points is very much on the low side for an Eagles squad that has shown an ability to put up points in bunches when they really get going. I think they get going this week and I don't think this is close. Yeah. I mean, I know this is bad podcasting, but I don't have a tremendous amount to add. Uh, the football team is in free fall at this time of the year. It's, it's important to identify the teams that have checked out. Usually those teams check out the week after they've really been eliminated from the playoffs, whether officially or just all logic. And, and that would certainly bode to be this weekend. I mean, super embarrassing what, what happened in Dallas and that's reflective. I mean, I think if your pick I think what it's reflective of a team that has already quit. So it's not saying they are going to quit. It's just identifying that they already have. Those are our seven best NFL picks for week 17. Like Liam mentioned, there's week 18 this year. More chances to gamble, more picks for us to make. Keep it tuned to thebiglead.com for all your sports and entertainment and Wheel of Fortune news. We'll see you next weekend. I'm Kyle Coster. That was Liam McKinnon.